This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. My guest on this installment of the show is none other than, in my opinion, one of the greatest extreme metal producers of all time, Peter Tagtron. The catalyst for the conversation has nothing to do with his production, although that, of course, didn't stop me from talking all about it. The catalyst is due to the release of a new hypocrisy album, the first one in many years. It's called Worship. So, of course, we cover worship, but a conversation with Pete is not complete unless we're talking about his stellar production credits. So expect a whole heap of banter about that subject. So here he is, Peter Chagdron. Hey, how are you doing, man? Hey, brother. How's things? Uh, it's great. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Good. You're sideways. Can you put the phone the other way or doesn't it work the other way? Ooh, it works. I there think. we go. Wait, one second. Let me get it down a little bit. Something like this? It looks or, perfect. You, you're a you're right, a Pica- cool. you're a Picasso painting right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how have you been? How's uh, how's the Zoom calls been going? It's been going good. I mean, uh, it's good with technology. You know, you get a little mm. closer to everybody. I would say that you do. That you do. Yeah, I've been doing this for some time now, and I've been here for the tr- for the transition from Skype to Zoom you know, through 2000 yeah. and, you know, when the COVID things happen and uh, the Zoom thing puts the onus more onto video, doesn't it? As opposed to just having the conversation over the phone. I think so too. You know, it, it makes a little bit difference when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, for the fans and everything to see real life and not just reading about it. You know, you can't deny anything you say anymore, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> So true, mate. So true for so many of us. I know, especially uh, in 2021, when people have got all this bloody time on their hands, when we're all working from home and you guys can't tour and yeah. do the things that you've been doing for, for in your case, decades at the moment. Yeah, it is, exactly. It is a very strange time to be alive, but there is an upside because we have a new album from Hypocrisy. Um, yeah. And uh, look, it worship. So let's get stuck into things because it is the first album for you in about eight years, I think it is, or seven years. Um, yeah, time flies when you're busy. It does. It does fly. Yeah, I'm going to mention how busy you are in the moment, but it is the band's 13th studio album. And, look, yeah. I'm, an, I'm an old fan, I must confess. You know, I go back to Abducted. So maybe not old, old, but, you know, I'm 43. So for me, yeah. I heard you guys on those Nuclear Blast compilations, Death is Just the Beginning. And yeah, yeah. Thank God for them because kids now would never understand it with Spotify. Everything in the world is at their fingertips. But back in those days, you used to have to buy CDs. And, yeah, exactly. Um, and thank God that the and you've been with Nuclear Blast or thereabouts through the entire time, yeah, you know, for, exactly. for 30, 30 years or something like that. So it's been a good home for you. Yeah, we got a good understanding, and I'm getting spoiled. You know, when I don't don't get what I want, I'll become a, a baby and start crying, and then I get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. So, I, I, I mean, it's good yeah, for. Go sorry ahead. to interrupt, mate. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. You go. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, I'm just saying, so it's been a good home, for sure. 
I think I think it's a great home for you, but they do, and it's good for people like me. But they do put the artist on the treadmill on these Zoom things, don't they? You know, you've just got to do days and weeks of them. Yeah, I mean, well, it's up to me. I could say I'm not doing any interviews. Fuck you, you know. But mm. that's not why I'm here. So, uh, my point is that I want to talk to people about it, the album. It's different when you feel like you have to, then it's not fun. But when you want to, then it makes a big difference. And look, it's it's a fantastic album. But look, to be honest with you, Peter, I don't think you've had a bad album in your catalogue. And I'm an old fan. Okay, so I've been with you that entire time. Hypocrisy, especially. I don't know. There, there's, you know. there's some weird songs here and there, you know. <laughs> and it's just a moment of uh, how you felt at the moment. Put it that way, when you write music. You, you've always had such a killer guitar tone that you've lent to other bands as well. And I think that's the reason I've loved your music is that guitar tone. Oh, thank you. I, I don't know. I just try to make the best out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, look, since uh, the end of, since end of disclosure in 2013, this is where we'll talk about how busy you are. Okay. You've been credited with production on a heap of albums from pretty big names as well. Like not small bands here. We're talking about Sabaton, uh, God bless Alexi in Children of the Bottom. Discharge. Yeah. You did their comeback, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, Karash Angren. Yeah. I always get the name of that band incorrect, pronounce yeah. it incorrectly. But uh, you've had your own kind of your own projects, certainly collaborations with Lindemann. Definitely pains your vehicle. I know that. But the other yeah. one for me was, the, and, and I hate to make this about myself, but, but, but the Immortal album was just fantastic that you did with Demons. Yeah. Unreal. And you played yeah. bass on that. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't want to, I mean, they didn't have a bass player and I said like, I'll just do it. Let's just uh, not involve any more people and uh, try to get a good album first. And then you can get a bass player and go out and play, but let's just make it easy. It's easier for me than for them to sit down with the bass player and, and have them to learn the songs, you know? Mm. So I just said, I'll do it myself. Don't worry about it. I'll ask a question about the experience on that album later, but I guess my overall point would be to, to what we've already described, you're hardly short of opportunities. So why is now the right time to be bringing hypocrisy back into light? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, it goes in waves for me, uh, the interests of, of the bands I'm involved in, you know, like pain and hypocrisy. Lindemann is no more, as you know. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it goes in waves how hungry you are for, for each um, project that, that you do. So uh, I wasn't hungry for a while for, for writing uh, riffs for hypocrisy. It, it didn't come about until, um, was it 2017 or 18, uh, when me and my son were doing this father-son project to start writing music together and we had like 11 songs and then we were like yeah fuck it let's do something else so mm. that that kept kept me going with, with the uh with the uh more extreme music writing you know it, it gave me a bloody tooth so <laughs> i just kept on writing after that and uh of course it's been busy before that uh we did hypocrisy did i don't know how many european tours in between these two albums and American tours. And, and uh, we even went to Australia finally yep. mm. and up to Japan. So 
that's just hypocrisy. And then you have Payne who did a lot of shit too, you know, American tours, European tours, uh, Eastern tours, like Russian uh, tours. And um, we've been everywhere. And the same shit with Lindemann and plus albums to make with these bands, you know, time flies when you uh, are in the, uh, uh, I don't know what to say, in the trance of making music. Yeah, yeah. You're one of those people, though, that you found, you're one of the few people in life that I truly believe has found your calling in life, meaning that I don't believe you were put here to do anything else. Feel free to disagree, but you are so good at what you're doing with the production side of things. You've, you've since 2001, and, and even before, but I'm just talking about, there's a Peter Tugtrum sound out there these days. And and last time we had a chat, we spoke about your impact and the work you did with Celtic Frost, which I believe yeah. is completely overlooked, which is sad. Um, the, the, yeah. the work you did there was just amazing. You know, there's, there's so many questions I've got to ask you this time around, and I'll, I'll be, I'm going to run out of time, I know that, because I've probably only got yeah. another 20 minutes or something like that. But um, Yeah, I guess. It's... Yeah, you know, it's just you, you're one of those guys that when I talk to people about, extreme metal being imbued with a sense of quality. I talk about the work that you've done and all of the mm. bands that you've been a part of. And hypocrisy is is a massive part of that. You know, so I hope people are giving you that feedback on these on these rounds in support of this album. Yeah. I, I mean I, I've been very fortunate to to uh uh been able to work with all these bands, you know, that um influence me, like possessed I did their comeback. I did the destruction comeback, Celtic Frost, um, and uh, also mixed, yeah, uh, a b- bunch of bands uh, over the last uh, 10, 15 years, you know, that really meant a lot to me in the mm. past. Discharged, you know, it was one of the beginners of, of two beats and stuff, you know. Yeah, so definitely. It, yeah. it it was a big influence as well that that <clears throat> that people calls me and ask me if I, I can help them out with albums and stuff. I, I'm really happy that that people are still calling. <laughs> put it that way. And I, I think they'll continue to call, but I, I'd love to continue just to talk about this for a moment more. Which is that has, has there been a sliding doors moment where an Avril Levine or somebody like that has reached out to you? Because surely. Someone's put the feelers out in that regard. Who? Avril Levine. You know, like that massive oh. pop star level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not really. Maybe they're too afraid of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's I crazy. No, not, not really. I mean, I, I think it's uh, mainly uh, the underground bands yeah. that contacts me and stuff. So. Yeah, look, I did this with Jeff Walker where I was talking about how important and how big Carcass were, and he basically said, what the hell are you talking about? You know, So I understand from your perspective you've got one view, but from my view and the impact you've had not just on my life but on the music that I listen to and that I love, I can see the impact that you've had individually and um, and how important you've been. I suppose that's just an individual perspective that we all take as music fans on on things and then we, we start to sort of extrapolate it and say, hang on, how come other people don't find this person as important as I do? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's your personal opinions, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I've been working with a lot of bats and I, I've been very fortunate to to do that uh, through 25 years hmm. or even more. Uh, 
getting these bands in the studio that was really nothing before. And it's so great to see their journey going on and how they grow. I remember the first band was like Dimmu Borger yeah. in uh, 96. And I had never even heard of them. And all suddenly, after we were done with the album, you know, we stay in contact. I stay in contact with most of the bands. And, and you see how it grows and how it becomes something unique. And it's great to be in a part of that, you know, to help them out to reach the world. Have you ever been a part of something that you'd broadly describe as a, as a failure? Uh, uh, nothing really that comes in my mind right now, but <clears throat> I mean, not all the, the, the bands and artists that I record has this fortune to, to, uh, uh, expand through the world, you know? So, mm. uh, it's, uh, you know how it is. It's uh, like a lottery. Why is this band big? And why is not that band big? Yeah. You know, you know, you will never find out or no, nobody knows. It's just when it happens, it happens. And that's how it is. What what happened with Lindemann? Uh, I mean, we did two albums. We did tour. Uh, we proved our point. And that's it. Are yourself and Till still mates? Not really, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, just to keep it short and... Uh, and conceived like we did something major, you know, and it lead, uh, left rings on the water, so to say. So yeah. um, I'm proud of it. You know, I was happy. You know, we had a, we were really productive when we were working together. You know, there is nothing like me and him when we start doing shit, you know. We're crazy. spinning out left and right and we, we can just sit and talk about things like, oh, it would be cool to do like this. And then 10 minutes later, we have it. Talking about working with legends in extreme metal, I mean, the two guys, I'm not going to say they invented it. Plenty of people were there at the Genesis, but they're certainly some of the most prominent names, Mark Nerikane and um, Tom G. Warrior. Yeah. We, we, we did talk about this at length the last time we chatted. I'd never expect you to remember these things because you do so many interviews, but um, I've got a different question for you this time around, which was that I, I know it was a challenging recording experience because there's a lot of pressure on yeah. you to deliver. But what was the dynamic like between those two guys? I think it was good at that time. Uh, I didn't really see any uh, any rocky moments or anything like that. You know, it's just like a normal band. You know, there's three guys in the band or four guys or five or whatever. You know, they all have their own opinions about things. And I'm supposed to be in the middle trying to solve things. So it, it, it was pretty normal. I mean, the guys were very prepared. They did pre-productions before that so they really knew what they were getting into i would say yeah it, it look it's an album that continues to confound and that's a good yeah, thing. yeah i mean it's a masterpiece for me you know they they mm. put in so much effort on the pre-productions and, and stuff like that that we could still use and um for me as a halhammer slash celtic frost fan since I don't know, 84 or something like that. You know, it was mm. it, it was a great moment. It was the same thing when I worked with Possessed. I, I grew up with that also, you know, uh, 85, 86. So uh, it was also a dream come true. Same, same with um, 
destruction to be able to work mm. with them in the end of nineties. All of these things were great because these were the, the, the people that influenced me to do what I'm doing. So. And your opinion is possessed the first ever death metal band. Not that it matters, these arguments, but I mean, you've recorded yeah, with them. I heard so about what are your these thoughts? Arguments. I don't know, but I definitely know that Chuck from death was a huge fan of, of uh, Jeff. You know, and some people say Scream Bloody Gore was the first death metal album. Uh, so that was a couple of years after uh, Possessed. Mm. So I don't know. I, I would say without Possessed, things might be different today. Yeah, I'd say without both, things would be very different. There's no doubt. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, all these bands that came out early 80s, you know, they, there's a lot of them are still around and still kicking ass, you know. Well, you helped Jeff and the lads deliver it. Jeff actually told me that the the guitars were recorded in one take or one session. Yeah. I think he might have said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we were very um, uh, precise on, on the sounds and stuff, and it was just to hit the rec button and to get the musicians to uh, really uh, get the flow and the feeling. And... You know, it's more more about to get the feeling in there than to play correct sometimes. But, I mean, there's an amazing uh, musician in that band now. And it, it was it was a pure vacation for me to just sit and record it. Did Jeff say anything to you that surprised you? Uh, I don't know. Jeff is a deep guy. You know, he has a lot of thoughts. He's like me. You know, he's everywhere. Uh you know, I heard some old stories, you know, from touring and stuff in the 80s. And it, wow, you know, I wish I was old enough to be there then. You know? The only thing I thought the album was lacking, not that it wasn't a great album, by the way, was Larry Lalonde. Yeah. But I mean, you know, all these guys went different ways, I guess, all of them. And so I guess just... Um, was the only one who, who wanted to bring it back and also to uh, to do something creative with it. So I'm just happy that something happened. Hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, have you had a career? Have you got a career highlight so far? Not something that no, really stands really. out. I, I I don't care about my career. I just live for the day. You know, I'm happy that people appreciate my music when I release it, that people listen to it, you know, that's all I can ask for, you know, and I just live day by day, so to put. It's I don't look good. back, I don't look forward, so. Yeah. Have you, have you uh, had any uh, production opportunities offered to you of late that you can talk about? Uh, nothing really, anything that raise my eyebrows is to be honest uh if i'm gonna produce bands it's got to be something that um will make me excited because if i'm not excited uh it's really hard to do the best you can so for me it's very important to always be motivated and really into what i do otherwise it's going to be half good i think you were one-fourth or one-fifth of the War Machine in 1996, playing alongside of B-War, one of the greatest bass players and most overlooked in metal by far. What was it like playing with him? Uh, you mean with Marduk? 
Yeah, Marduk, sorry. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, it was great. I mean, we uh, became friends in early 90s and uh, they weren't really happy with the the, the music and the, uh, the sound itself, what they had. And I don't know if it was Marduk himself that contacted me or if it was uh, Dan Svano who mm. did it, who was the producer yeah. for the previous ones. He gave me a lot of bands. He... he um, Gave me also Dark Funeral. And uh, I mean, me and him stayed friends for a long time. We're still good friends. We keep in touch, you know. Uh, so for me, it was great to, to do that band because I really loved the two first albums with Marduk. I was a big fan, but I didn't know mm-hmm. the guys. They lived four hours from me, so it's not really far away. But I never have any, had any chance to... to um, uh, to talk about if they wanted to come and record. It just happened somehow. I can't mm. really remember exactly how. And when after that, the recording of, of uh, Heaven Shall Burn, we became very tight together. And, yeah. and uh, they asked me if I wanted to jump in as a second guitarist because the way we produced the album, it was meant to be for two guitar players, kind of. So, uh, and they had two guitarists before, but they said like, oh, we don't want to bring in another member. It just messes up things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know the feeling. That's why we try to keep hypocrisy three-piece and then um, hire some people to help us out. So I I went out on this tour with them and it was it was fun to, to not be the singer, first of all, and not being your band. You know, you had a different kind of pressure on you. Play right and give everything, you know. B. War, though, what was it like recording him? Because I've I've heard some, I wouldn't call them isolated tracks, but some live material where it can truly, it's been recorded in front of him. So it's in front of yeah. his bass cab. I mean, yeah. he, he he does like two or three musicians' job, in my opinion. So did you find that? Oh, he's, he was- every, he's everywhere on the notes, let me tell mm. you. You know, he's more like a guitarist playing bass, kind of, like Giza Butler. Mm. He was a guitarist as well, but nobody wanted to play bass, so he had to. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean he he's he makes the bass playing very interesting, I think. Hmm. Northern Chaos Gods, the question that I asked you up top there about playing the bass on that album. I had a good chat yeah. to Demonaz about about it when it came out. And I know he was thrilled, by the way. Not that he would put yeah. it in so many words, but was it like that for you though? Was it a was it an experience that was very positive for you? Definitely in many ways. First of all, they don't have to get a, a new bass player because uh, I can't remember his name now. He was not in the band anymore. Isaac so Araya, Araya yeah, or yeah. something like that, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I said just save your uh, um, save yourself mentally. I will do the bass. You don't have to worry about it. Just send over the songs and I'll, I'll figure it out myself. And then after that, you can go out and, and find a bass player, you know. So it was more in that... Uh, kind of vain that you know they we're gonna have to stop and wait for them to show a, uh, a bass player what to play and blah 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 so i just mm. said i'll do it myself it's easier faster yeah indeed hey, I'll, I'll just do a time check have we got five more minutes or a bit longer uh, or i don't five? even know what the time is i i got one um well i start in five minutes <laughs> five minutes bummer never enough time mm. Bummer. All right. I know. I don't know who's booking this shit, you know? Uh, look, it's, yeah, it's um, it's always great to have these opportunities. But as I say, the last time I spoke to you was 2018. So no doubt the next one will be yeah. 2025 or something. So, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll 
come full circle and we'll talk about this album because that's exactly the catalyst for the conversation. But um, look, in, in July 23rd, on July 23rd, uh, there was a story that ran in papers citing a defence contractor from the Pentagon who said that the US Department of Defence may be in possession of off-world vehicles not of this earth. So they're basically acknowledging aliens exist and I think you've tapped into some of that once again with your lyrics. Yeah, yawning, 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 you know. <laughs> it's... <laughs> You know, nothing special because they are not telling you everything you want to hear. They just give you a little piece of things. Uh, as you see on the cover, that that's my kind of uh, view of what it is. I think we were planted on this earth thousands and thousands of years ago. You know, like Mayan people disappeared like that yeah. without a trace. Where, where the hell did they go? Underground, maybe? There's theories about, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like the earth is like a honeycomb filled with uh, different compartments sure. everywhere where civilizations are living. That's one one thing. Mm. Another thing is like they pop in and out out of different dimensions once in a while to check on us. And uh, I think we're just a big experiment. I always say this, and I said it for 30 years, that we are a huge experiment. And, and they try to keep us numbed down to not become too smart to figure out things ourselves. And I think one of the, the things that happened over the last 150, 200 years is that they uh, enhanced our DNA. So we got a little smarter because if you see what, what happened over the 150 years, all suddenly the uh, technology and everything around just yeah. developed like a, a rocket out of nowhere from, from being 60,000 years of humanity just eating dirt and rocks kind of, you know? So mm. I think something really happened there, but I, I don't think they want us to be too smart so we can get out outside of uh, our comfort zone earth, you know, because then we'll probably fuck up the rest of the universe. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Let's see if they're coming back to collect us and beat the fuck out of us because we're so stupid. Some of us, I hope they do, mate. There's no doubt about that. We're surrounded by fucking morons these days. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. and social media just proves it. Yeah, they're not even better. They're even worse than the politicians because they follow the lead on them. So, mm. yeah, that's what Look you have in the bastard and, and dead world song, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to the album a couple of times and because I, I'm a musician... So I hyper-focus on the musical performance, I must confess. But the lyrics, your lyrics have always been very insightful, especially for a Scandinavian metal band. Not that I, I mean, I think Scandinavia is the epicentre of great heavy metal, by the way, so that's not a negative comment whatsoever. But I think you were the <laughs> first one and maybe the only one to be talking about these sort of subjects. Uh, I mean, 96, when we did Roswell 47, people were like, mm. well, what the hell is Roswell? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, nowadays everybody knows about it. Um I don't know. It's just a, a, a hobby I had since I was a kid, collecting information about things, you know, like, uh, you know, black ops and, and a lot of different things that maybe not reaches out to um, uh, the normal media. You know, I, it's, it's, a, it's a little hobby I have, you know, and I gather all my thoughts about what I think is and things like that so it's just from my perspective you know the chemical horror uh, uh, I, I wrote like almost two years before mm. uh, the uh, 
the COVID uh, came out. So uh, it's just my thoughts and my feelings, how I see the world. Final question for you. If you have one album in your career and someone said to you, Peter, I've just met you, which album should I listen to? Which one would it be? Oh, God. I have no clue. No idea at all. This We're one. on the new hypocrisy, though. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Brother, I mean, it feels fresh yeah. now. So I don't know. If you asked me eight years ago, maybe I said the end of disclosure or something else. Uh, but right now, I feel it's pretty... Pretty scary with the lyrics, you know, when you wrote them two mm. years ago and things are coming up now and you see like, oh, maybe I'm right. I'm not sure. Yeah, you tapped into something. For what it's worth, I love your 1999 self-titled album. I know it's not the fans' favourite. I get that. But it's an album that I listen to front to back many, many, many times and still, still adore, I must confess. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, that's it, mate. Gosh almighty, I've got a list of about 30 more questions I'll probably never get to ask, but I'll save them for the next one, mate. So thank you for the music that you've Just made. Just tell them you want to do a, an upgrade and oh, I'll hook you up I'll again tell John. minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll see what we can do, mate. Yeah, so um, yeah. But look, if we if we don't, um, thank you so much for the music that you've made and your contribution to heavy metal overall. You're one of the guys, seriously. You are thank one you. of the guys. So thank please keep on much. doing it. Yeah. Oh, I will. I have nothing else I can do. <laughs> so th <laughs> this is my call. I, I guess I was set on earth to to um, write music for people. I guess. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Enjoy the Zoomers, mate. Well done on the album as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope to uh, come down uh, as soon as things get back to normal. You know. Mate, I I, I need to see hypocrisy. Simple as that. Yeah. You know, I know you've come yeah. down here with other groups, but hypocrisy is the one for me, as you can tell. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, we will be down here. I mean, we were in Australia in 2018 or 2019. I can't remember. For the first time. So yeah. now we got, we got the connection. So watch out. As soon as everything is back to some kind of normal day, you can start um, booking shit, then we'll be right there. Yeah, yeah. Try and get, is it Hori or Horror from um, Immortal 2 on drums to Killer? You guys are a killer Horror. pair. Hog, you guys yeah. are a, a killer pair. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Enjoy. Yeah, you too. Thanks for your support, man. Have a good one. No worries, brother. I think I said throughout the chat that I have spoken to Pete beforehand and he was just as good the second time around, I've got to say. Um. Probably uh, a little bit more uh, to the point than what he was during my first conversation with him, but a stellar conversation nonetheless. Do check out the new Hypocrisy album. It is high quality, but then, in my opinion, just about everything Pete has been associated with is as well. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. If you like what you heard, go across to scarsandguitars.com where there are many more conversations with the leading lights from hard rock, heavy metal, extreme metal and beyond posted for your listening pleasure. That's it for now. Oh yeah, if you could like, subscribe and share and all that bullshit, I'd appreciate it. It does help, believe it or not. I don't like asking for it because everybody bloody asks for it, but um, if I don't ask, you don't know that that will help out. So there you go. That's it for another installment of the show. Until next time. It is goodbye for now.